Welcome to AFSPA Talks, a production of the American Foreign Service Protective Association with Chief Operating Officer Kyle Longton. Be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast channel. Enjoy the episode. Hi, and welcome to another episode of AFSPA Talks. I'm Kyle Longton, and with me is... Adrian Coleman-Seabrooks. Adrian, we concluded our first ASPA Live program last week. This is our, our new concept of getting in touch with members. Um, and I think it went well. It was a great time. I had a great time. Um, and I feel like we learned a lot from, from you, our members. And I hope that you, our, our listeners and our members, um, were able to, to get some valuable information from us. I, I agree. We had a great time. Um, if you weren't able to join us live, you can watch a recording on YouTube. Um, there is a link in the show notes. Excellent. We're going to pack the show notes today, I think. Uh, but I also want everybody to mark their calendars. You can join us on June 30th for our next scheduled ASPA Live event. We're, we're focused on the last Thursday of every month. We're going to do our best to make that happen um, on a regular basis. But we're not quite done with ancillary programs yet, though. Oh, Good. I'm, I am glad because this has been a great month. It's been great to have you um, alongside me as we've been going through these topics. And I am sad that this is our last one, um, but you're right. We've got one more. Yes. Today, ASPA talks financial wellness and mental wellness. And one really does relate to the other. A poll by Morning Consult in 2020 revealed that after COVID, Financial concerns were the second leading contributor to mental and emotional stress. And I think it's hard to, to believe that that's changed significantly significantly in the last two years, Kyle. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the things have settled down in some ways, but we're still facing shutdowns in some places. And it's not as if the, um, you know, the economy is, is in a different place, but it's still yeah. a, a challenging condition um, with rising inflation and interest rates, concerns about student debt and increasing caregiving costs. And you and I have talked about this before personally and on the uh, on this podcast, um, you know, the potential stresses on our finance and our, our mental and emotional well-being are all around us. I, I agree. So we've spent the last few weeks talking about programs we offer that actually help you manage financial risk. But today we're going to shift and we're going to talk about a program that can help you manage existing challenges and plan for the future. And our guest today is able to talk about that interplay between financial and, and mental wellness, as well as talk about this great digital tool um, that we offer to our members in partnership with Prudential. Um, I, I've been excited to learn more because I, I about this tool and, and hear a little bit more about the research and, and sort of what goes into it. So can you tell us about our guest today? Sure. Um, we're happy to have Vishal Jain today. Um, he is the head of financial wellness strategy and development for Prudential. And in this role, Vishal leads the definition of Prudential's financial wellness strategy and the development of financial wellness capabilities to support Prudential's businesses in the United States. Prior to this role, Vishal was the financial wellness officer for Prudential's workplace solutions group. And he led the development and delivery of financial wellness solutions for this group and their institutional clients and their participants. Vishal also built and led the strategy, planning, and business intelligence function for Prudential's group insurance business. 
Bashal joined Group Insurance from Prudential's Strategic Initiatives Group, where he helped lead Prudential's cross-business thought leadership and strategic review efforts from 2008 to 2011. Earlier in his career, he was an engagement manager at McKinsey and Company, where he worked with retirement providers, asset managers, and insurers. Vishal, welcome to Ask the Talks. It's great to have you here. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So Vishal, um, you know, we've done some discussions on this program before about options for financial protection. Your, your colleague, Nina Matias, has led us through a lot of those, particularly in recent weeks. Uh, and longtime listeners of our podcast will be familiar with myriad pro- uh, episodes that we have done that have focused on mental health and wellness. And this is really our first time joining the two in any way. Um, and so I want to start out with with the linkage. Uh, we we probably have a feeling of this personally, but are you aware of any research or data that demonstrates the relationship between financial stress and mental or emotional stress? Yeah, no, there, I think there, there's, uh, you know, there's research uh, both, both that Prudential's done and that others have done that I think demonstrate that. Uh, you know, maybe starting with Prudential's research and just looking at kind of health overall, uh, you know, in some research that we did a few years ago, what we found is that, you know, nearly 30, 30, 30% or about 29% of people who were experiencing financial problems were also had a health issue at the same time uh, versus, you know, when you look at people who, uh, you know, who are not experiencing financial issues, only about 11% of them had a health issue at that time. So, so you see this correlation um, between just sort of overall health and, and what you're experiencing financially. Uh, and then, you know, looking, you know, diving in more specifically on mental health, uh, you know, the Money and Mental Health Policy Institute, uh, you know, uh, found that 86% of people with mental health issues uh, and debt say that their debt is making their mental health challenges worse, right? So, um, you know, which is just sort of, you know, pretty pretty stunning statistic. Um I think when you kind of build up, you know, you know, when you, when you reflect on the research, I think it's it's pretty intuitive, right? I mean, and, and I, I think most of us have experienced financial challenges at some point in our lives, right? Whether it's being concerned about how to pay for something or uh, being concerned with, 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 you know, with the debt. And uh, and I think most of us probably, you know, certainly I have, uh, you know, you know, experienced how that affects your overall, your overall mood, your level of anxiety, your level yeah. of, you know, maybe being able to kind of think about the future. So I, I think that's just, you know, really, you know, kind of intuitive that uh, if, if you're really worried about some aspect of your financial life, I mean, that's, that's going to kind of impact your overall mental state of being. And I think we, we you know, we see that in the research. And I think, I think many of us have probably experience that in some way during our lives. Yeah. And it sounds like, I mean, the relationship is there for sure. Like you said, anecdotally, we know this on our, on personal terms, there's research to back it up, but it also sounds like it goes both ways where mental health can lead to challenges can lead to financial problems or financial problems can have uh, be the starting place where it has an impact on our, our mental or emotional um, health. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think when we think about struggling with mental health, um, that might include, um, you know, depression, it might include being, uh, you know, anxiety, might include, you know, memory challenges. uh, And all of those challenges, you know, impede your ability to do anything, but, 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 but certainly being on top of your finances as well. Uh, And I think, you know, it, you know, the, the uh, you know, one interesting stat from the uh, the Money and Mental Health Policy Institute is that the majority of individuals who are struggling with mental illness overspend, uh, which I, I found to be a pretty yeah. statistic. That wasn't something I would have at least intuitively 
thought was the case. Um, but that's, I think, sort of reinforcing this point that, look, you're, you're struggling to stay on top of your finances. And, and one of the outcomes of that in many cases is it could be, could be overspending. And then, if, you know, when, you know, beyond the, the impact of mental health challenges on your behaviors and ability to kind of manage your money is the potential impact on your livelihood, right? Um, mental health challenges might cause, might, might, might require you to go on disability. It might be a barrier to finding a job. If you're looking for employment, it might be a barrier to finish school. So it, it can actually have a, a, you know, a real impact on your income, your livelihood, which then starts to, you know, affect your savings and, and, and having, uh, you know, go, going beyond just sort of how you're managing your money to be just even what money you have because, uh, because of, of the impact of the mental health condition. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I, I think you're right. I think a lot of us have had that personal experience, but um, that the, the fact that there's, there is the research there to support it, um, that, that a relationship exists. And from what you're saying, it sounds like it can go both ways, that the money can cause mental stress or mental stress can lead to financial challenges. It actually not only affects your behaviors and maybe causes you to sub-optimize how you manage your money, but it also affects potentially your ability to sort of uh, you know, uh, work in your livelihood. And, and that, that then actually, you know, starts to impact your income and your savings. Uh, so I think, you know, it really does to your point go both ways. I mean, I think, uh, uh, you know, financial stress kind of leads to, uh, uh, you know, can, 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 can kind of, you know, impact your overall mental health condition. But, uh, but also if you have a mental health condition that maybe had nothing to do with your financial situation, it can start to ultimately negatively impact your, your financial situation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll just take a moment to refer our listeners back to some earlier episodes of the podcast that focused on mental health programs, such as My Strength, which is our very first episode, and Able To, which was, I think, our third or fourth episode. And that gives our, our members some information about how they can take advantage of those programs, address any mental health challenges and, and issues they may be uh, facing. Um, but we're, we have you here today. Um, to learn about addressing financial health and the wellness of our members. How did Prudential's financial wellness program begin? What, what prompted you all to launch this program? You know, what, what really, uh, so we, we've been focused, Prudential's been focused on helping organizations uh, put in place financial wellness programs. We've been doing this now for more than five years. And, uh, and what, what really uh, prompted us to focus on it was that we started to see many organizations uh, associations, employers uh, that had historically been quite focused on health wellness, start to kind of think about wellness more broadly. So start to recognize that really wellness is certainly health wellness is a big, big piece of it, but so is financial wellness, so is emotional wellness. And, and organizations were looking for help on that, right? How, well, what do I do? How, how, how do I make, how do I help my, my, uh, you know, my members or my employees or, you know, my constituents become more financially healthy. And so we, we thought that was really interesting. We thought that uh, that was a really important trend and that uh, if employers were motivated, if associations were motivated, uh, they, you know, they, they had a lot of influence with their members, with, uh, you know, with, with, with their stakeholders. Uh, and so we decided at that time that we wanted to become a leading provider of, uh, you know, services, including financial education, uh, you know, digital content, tools, uh, other solutions to help organizations put in place uh, financial health programs. Uh, and we, we really looked at sort of the health wellness uh, world, if you will, as a model and tried yeah. to learn from that, um, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, some of their best practices in terms of using things like assessments, 
having, you know, specific services to, you know, so it's, it's, it's good if you can, you know, kind of identify for someone that maybe, maybe they should stop smoking, but then do you actually have a solution to help them do that? Right. Do you have a coaching program that can help them do that? So that kind of influenced a lot of our thinking was that we wanted to help people understand what can make them more financially healthy, but that we also wanted to give them resources to actually act and execute on that. I love the, the, the example and sort of the basis in the wellness programs as you talked about, because you see that when you go into the site that you all offer, and I want to want to go there next, sort of how members can use this program. Um, so I, I'll put this in the, the show notes also, but our members can go to aspa.org slash AIP, click on professional services, and then look for the financial wellness program information. And there's a link to the actual program. So if somebody gets to that page, what's the next step that they should do? We, 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 you know, for, for somebody really visiting our financial wellness platform for the first time, uh, you know, we generally suggest try, try the self-assessment, uh, right? And as I, you know, as I mentioned, you know, it, 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 we're, we're, in many health wellness programs, that's often the starting point, right? Um, so, so something to ask you some questions about how you're doing, what, uh, where you are. So similarly, that's what we've done for financial wellness. Now, our self-assessment is really easy. It just takes four or five minutes to complete. It's about 10 or 12 questions. They're easy questions, right? Some of the questions are how, how do you feel about your finances? Some of them, what types of things are you doing and, and, and how much you know, are you saving for retirement, et cetera. But they're the types of questions that you don't have to go back and pull out 10 years worth of tax returns to fill out. They're easy. You can, you can answer them just right off the top of your head. Uh, and, uh, and that then gives us some information. So we learn, you know, learn a little bit more about you and, 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 and where you are. And I appreciate that. Cause I was thinking, okay, how far back into the files do I have to go, um, to find the, the data that's going to be requested. So I appreciate that. These are, these are questions that we can answer without having to do a lot of research into our personal stacks of paper, which are just off screen here on my, <laughs> in my office at least, but, uh, that, that is, that is really good. So somebody completes the assessment, what, what kind of insights are they going to get from the assessment? What, what can they do with that information? Sure. So we're, the, the first thing we're doing is we're going to, you know, we take the responses and we're going to give the individual just sort of a visual depiction of how are they doing, right? Hey, are you on track? Are you maybe, maybe could you use a little, you know, a, a, a little work? Uh, but once again, simple, right? We're, we're just trying to give people a very simple piece of feedback on, hey, look, here's how we think you're doing based on, uh, the information you gave us. And then we we give people two or three suggestions, right? We're not trying to overwhelm them with 20 things to do. We then suggest a few things, you know, maybe it might be reading an article, using a particular tool, maybe using one of our services like our debt management service or our student loan management service, perhaps looking at buying, you know, getting getting uh, additional insurance or, or saving more for retirement. But, you know, we, we pick a handful of actions that are most relevant based on your responses and then give you the ability to start to take some next steps on that. And once again, I mean, the idea is not to overwhelm, you know, we, we don't want to uh, make it feel like it's overwhelming to get, get started, but really to give people a few things they can start to do and start to then move the needle on. Okay. And, and it's it, it, fair to say, and I think maybe accurate, correct me if I'm wrong, this is a financial wellness tool. It does not necessarily take the place of a certified financial planner or anything like that. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, that's actually that's a great point. Um, this is a uh, this is an educational tool to give you some suggestions, but it is uh, it is not financial advice, um, and it does not take the place of you know working with a, you know working with a licensed advisor. 
Perfect. Okay. Now, now I think we'll clear legal and compliance review. So we should be safe. <laughs> um, let me, let me ask, this is our, our rip from the headlines moment, I think. So student debt, we hear a lot about it these days uh, when it comes to student loans, or, you know, will they be forgiven? How much for whom and so forth. But this is relevant to a number of our listeners and our members, whether it's their own debt, or maybe they're thinking about it for their kids or even grandkids. So can you talk just as an example, how does the Prudentials program help individuals with their student loans? Sure. So first, we, we certainly have a lot of general education about student loans and how they work. Uh, but we also have a, uh, you know, a capability uh, with a partner called Vault. Vault is a technology company based in Austin, Texas. And what the Vault service does is it helps an individual sort of, if you will, sort of look at, you know, because many times people graduate and they've got, you know, a bunch of different loans, right? A bunch of, uh, that, that, that come in with. And what Vault can do is help, uh, you know, you sort of, you know, look at all your loans together and make you aware of which of the federal loan consolidation programs you are eligible for, right? And those consolidation programs can help people reduce their monthly payment, reduce interest rates, uh, you know, et cetera. But oftentimes individuals, you know, when they graduate from school and they've got five or six different loans, it's hard to kind of manage them all. And oftentimes, some many individuals are not even aware of the federal programs that they're available to that can that can help them better manage that debt. So, that's a really powerful service. Uh, that's a service that uh, you know people who use it can you know sometimes reduce their payments by hundreds of dollars per month by using the federal consolidation programs that are out there uh, and available to uh, certain loan borrowers. Uh, and in addition, to that vault can also point individuals to potential private refinancing options if that is of interest and, and, and makes sense for a particular individual. Uh, but that this has been a really important capability uh, for us in the market. Uh, Vault's capability also, uh, you know, they provide administrative services for organizations that might want to help pay back loans for their members, for their for their employees. Uh, you know, and there are organizations that are creating that almost as a new benefit, if you will. Uh, but um, but but uh, you, you know, but for any individual, even, even you know, uh, they can they can use this this tool. Uh, and uh, and start to kind of better optimize the portfolio of loans that they've graduated with. And, and that's incredibly important. I'd just say as somebody who's 12 years out of grad school and still paying off loans from undergrad, um, this is an important important tool for, um, for, for so many people and, and just um, having an idea of what's out there because that's the hard thing. We get um, phone calls from, you know, cold calls about, hey, I'm going to help you with your loans. And it's sort of, no, no you're not. Uh, but here, here's a legitimate um, option for people to, to research. This is really, yeah, I mean, really the, the foundational capability is really people connecting people to the federal consolidation programs uh, that, uh, you, you know, that, that many people are eligible for, but not everyone necessarily, you know, is aware of and takes advantage of. So, right. So let me, let me flip around then a little bit um, and, and ask about long-term planning. And I guess, you know, paying off debt is one thing that people may want to look at in the long term, um, but we've also got people who are maybe looking at buying a house or even a second home, maybe they want to retire somewhere that's maybe a little more expensive or they want to retire earlier than, than they'd originally planned. So are there ways that this program, the Prudential Financial Wellness Program can help them? Absolutely. And so one of, one of the things that we've done in our, uh, you know, in our financial platform is, you know, we know that people are, uh, you know, have a wide range of interests, right? Some people are saving for college, some people are more focused on retirement. So one of the things that you can do in our site is actually tell us what your interests are, right? What are you focused on? And we can then use that to kind of highlight articles, videos, and content that 
that are relevant to your interests, right? So we can personalize the experience. Um, you know, within our site, you can, you know, there's a wide range of content on, 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 a, on many financial topics, right? Everything from what to do if you're, you know, you want to retire early or what to do if you're uh, saving for a home. Uh, and then we've also, you know, included some other tools, right? Uh, so one of the tools we have is a debt payoff calculator, right? So if you've got several different debts that you're trying to think of, how do you pay off? What's the optimal way to do that? or a tool to help you think about, well, how much life insurance do you need, right? Based on this, your situation and your family, how much how much insurance do you need? So, um, you know, we, what, the, the resources that we've developed, I think uh, we, we came at it very much from the perspective of, you know, we're trying to help um, people holistically. And at times, some people might be more focused on retirement, some people might be more focused on, on debt, some people might be more focused on uh, how to protect what they have. Um, but that's why really the resources we have, it, 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 you know, it covers the gamut uh, and we try to also make it easy and personalized if, uh, if we know a little bit about what you're, what you're focused on. That, that, that sounds like what, what we need to bring to the program is sort of our, our own knowledge of our financial situation, and what, what our goals and, and financial needs are, and, and there's something for everybody at that point. Um, is yeah, it fair to say that the, the content and, and I should probably ask this a little bit earlier in our discussion, but is the, the content's fairly digestible? The, the videos I'm not going to be watching for half an hour, am I? It's it's a little yeah. bit shorter. Absolutely. We actually put, you know, how long it'll take you to read each article, right? Uh, and, you know, most of them are a few minutes. Uh, so we really try to make this bite-sized um, and focused, right? What what are you interested in? Do you want to, you know, are, do you want to read a little bit more or watch a video on saving for college? Great. Like, you know, let's let's focus on that. Um, because we know it's hard. I mean, it's hard and, 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 and everyone's busy. And, and, and so we want to make it easy for people to kind of dive into the particular topic they're interested in and then make that, make that bite size and very digestible. That's fantastic. Well, Michelle, you, you've outlined a number of ways that this program might provide peace of mind for our members and, and long-term security, or at least education about how to pursue that long-term security in the financial realm. And that will hopefully relieve some of the mental strain they might be feeling from time to time. Uh, do you have anything to add before we conclude? You know, what, what I would say is, uh, I think the most important thing is to, you know, take, take one step today, right? So whether that's using our assessment, reading an article, watching a video, um, you, you know, it, it, finances can be overwhelming, but I think the critical thing is really to take one small step and, and as you do that over time, what I think that will start to do is to highlight some of the potential moves that you could be making, right, to improve your financial health, right, whether that be consolidating your debt or maybe increasing your retirement savings. And I think as you start to kind of take steps to, to engage with content and engage with education, um, uh, you, you'll start to kind of build a list of, you know, a handful of things that are probably the, I'll call them the no regrets moves uh, to try to move the needle on your, on your financial wellness. And I think if you do that, I think that starts to create a sense of momentum, a sense of control. Uh, and that all comes back to kind of really where we started, right? What, how do we create peace of mind? Uh, and I think a big part of creating peace of mind is feeling like you're, you're, you know, you're taking steps. You're on, you have a plan. You're starting to take steps. Um, and, and you're in control uh, you know, of, of your financial life and, and, uh, and your financial health. All right. So... Um... Vishal, Jane, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we'll have some information in the show notes for how our members can access this program. And I also want to highlight that it is that, that use of this program is free to AFSPA members. There, there's no charge, no requirement to be enrolled in a program or anything like that. So Vishal, thanks again. 
Thanks, Kyle. It was a pleasure to be here. For more information about this digital tool, visit aspa.org slash AIP, click on professional services, and look for information about the Prudential Financial Wellness Program. You can also visit aspa.org slash events to find a full calendar of educational webinars from Prudential and other partners on financial wellness and other topics. This has been Aspa Talks, a production of the American Foreign Service Protective Association. All information offered in this podcast is meant to be educational. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own and do not necessarily represent Aspa. Should there be any discrepancy between information offered in this podcast and official plan documents for the Foreign Service Benefit Plan or other products offered by Aspa, the policy provisions will prevail. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to Aspa Talks to catch our next episode. Please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app and share feedback with us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Look for at Aspa Cares. We'll talk next week.